Hi there and welcome to ABC News Live. I'm ABC News Political Director Rick Klein, joined here in our Washington newsroom by Jordan Phelps and Catherine Falders from our White House reporting team. And over at the White House right now, ABC News correspondent Terry Moran. And a lot to get to today, guys, on a couple of different themes. But I want to start with the, uh, the, the rocket fired by the, the Attorney General of the United States. The guy has taken a lot of incoming, and we'll play in a little bit uh, exactly what that's about uh, from President Trump himself, but a response from the Attorney General this afternoon uh, saying that he would continue to keep politics out of the Department of Justice, even as he talks about the importance of the president's agenda. A really striking statement, an unusual statement, uh, where he goes on about the, the no way that the Department of Justice will be improperly influenced by political considerations. Again, I want to play in a moment the President Trump uh, interview from this morning that sparked a lot of this. But Terry, what do you make of this? And, and what does it say about the state of affairs that the president, uh, that, that the attorney general saying, I will be free of politics is actually a brushback pitch aimed at the president? Yeah, there's never a dull day here at the White House or in Washington with President Trump uh, running the show because he thrives on drama, and he has targeted for months, uh, as everybody knows, uh, his own Attorney General Jeff Sessions. This kind of thing has happened before. Uh, Lyndon Johnson detested his Attorney General, Bobby Kennedy, and the feeling was mutual. Lyndon Johnson detested his Secretary uh, of Defense, Robert McNamara, and there have been other things like that through history. Bill Clinton and Janet Reno had their issues, uh, but nothing quite as open as this, with the president firing again and again, calling Sessions, an idiot and very weak and somebody not in control of the Justice Department. And finally, it seems, Jeff Sessions had enough and fired back today, uh, defending his department. Look, one of the things that has happened, we have heard uh, for line prosecutors, people in the FBI, as President Trump wails away on the Justice Department, is, is that can get to your morale. And, and to see your boss, the attorney general, as long as he's attorney general, stand up and defend the rank and file in the Justice Department undoubtedly helped him over there because Sessions is right. The, uh, the prosecution of, of crimes, the pursuit of the enforcement of the law through the Justice Department has got to be as apartisan, as apolitical as possible. And this is the quote that appears to have put uh, Jeff Sessions into this position. I want to play that sound from a Fox News interview that aired this morning, although taped yesterday. The Dems are very strong in the Justice Department. I put an attorney general that never took control of the Justice Department, Jeff Sessions, never took control of the Justice Department. But when everybody sees what's going on in the Justice Department, I always put justice now with quotes. It's a very, very sad day. Jeff Sessions recused himself which he shouldn't have done, or he should have told me. Even my enemies say that Jeff Sessions should have told you that he was going to recuse himself, and then you wouldn't have put him in. He took the job, and then he said, I'm going to recuse myself. I said, what kind of a man is this? Uh, he went on to say that uh, that he only gave him the job because of loyalty. That's a new mm -hmm. one that's got to cut to the heart of what it means to be Jeff Sessions today. It's a new one, but it's also one of the most important things to President Trump, loyalty. This is one of his first supporters. So not too surprising to hear that. But again, he's 
upset with Sessions for recusing himself from this Russia investigation. Jordan, he's been saying that for a year now, though. He's not yeah. going to let this go. It's not anything new we've heard from him. He's called him beleaguered on many occasions. Right. You kind of have to wonder why the president doesn't just fire his attorney general. Uh, and it almost seems today like Sessions was begging to get fired when he put out that statement that came just minutes before he was set to show up at the White House for a meeting with President Trump and his son-in-law on criminal justice reform. Uh, and I, I talked to a source, you know, is that what he was doing here, basically inviting a firing? And, and the source said, no, absolutely not. The attorney general just feels very confident in his performance and is is making that case. And, and Terry Moran, at the same time, uh, some, of, some of Trump's allies on Capitol Hill appear to be signaling that they would be okay, maybe even expecting this firing. Mm -hmm. A notable quote from Chuck Grassley, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, in saying that even though he has said before he wouldn't have time for confirmation hearings, he has found that time on the schedule. Uh, that's, that's, that's more than a smoke signal, I suppose. That's a pretty blatant uh, direction from, uh, from Capitol Hill that they might be okay with seeing Jeff Sessions go at some point, maybe after the midterms. Sure sounds like it. Jeff Sessions had better uh, reach around his back and see if he can pull those knives out of there because uh, <laughs> when Washington gets like this, as you know, Rick, uh, there's blood in the water and it's just a matter of time. That said, this is the Trump administration, the Trump show, and you never know what's going to happen in the next episode. Uh, and in this episode, it looks like Grassley and members of Congress are A, admitting reality. The president and his uh, attorney general have a terrible relationship. And B, basically signaling, you know, if you have the authority to fire the attorney general. Although I looked it up today, no president has ever fired an attorney general. They've asked, they've demanded the resignations of attorney generals uh, and gotten them from, from the most famously on the Saturday Night Massacre when Nixon demanded that his attorney general fire the special prosecutor in that investigation, in the Watergate investigation. And when uh, Elliot Richardson did not, uh, Nixon asked for his resignation. But no president has ever fired an attorney general. But this is the you're fired president. So uh, <laughs> we may we may see a first here. Uh, indeed, there are firsts for everything. And looking now to, to the next chapter of the uh, of the Trump sagas, this one is going to have a real tabloid feel to it because uh, ABC News has learned that immunity deals have been reached in this other district of New York with two individuals, uh, executives at the parent company of the National Enquirer, including David Pecker, a name that uh, has gotten a lot more attention. A longtime friend of President Trump has been involved for some time in the so-called catch-and-kill policies where damaging information would be purchased by uh, his publication and then buried. That is the heart of the allegations that Michael Cohen uh, pleaded guilty to earlier this week. And guys, this, this does open up a whole realm of possibilities. You've got decades of a relationship between President Trump and the, and the parent company and the owner and the operators of the National Enquirer that could suddenly be in the open. Yeah, and Cohen was President Trump's attorney for 10 years, so he knows a lot about that. And as we reported in April, um, during that raid of Cohen's uh, hotel room office and home, um, the warrant specifically had information there about AMI, where um, David Pecker is the CEO. So uh, according to our sources who told us that, and they also say, look, like President Trump is more worried about Michael Cohen um, than the Russia investigation. So it could open up a whole other realm of possibilities here. No doubt about it. This is a bag of worms for this president, mm -hmm. for his longtime fixer to be now, you know, opened up to investigators here and just completely flipped on him. Right. Uh, it's just really interesting also that this Cohen guilty plea is the first time that we've actually seen a plea that deals 
directly with the president's campaign. So yeah. we've seen Manafort, these are on separate issues, but this is going right to the heart of the issue, the president of the United States. Mm -hmm. and, and Terry, what does it say to you that we now know that this is part of what the prosecutors have been talking to? Does it suggest that, uh, that there are corroborating witnesses to what Michael Cohen has said? Is it, does it suggest to you that uh, there are other people that are willing to implicate, as Jordan said, the president himself? It feels that way, doesn't it, Rick? And it feels that way because prosecutors in, in New York are after that part of the law which promises the American people that anybody who gets money or gets something of value to run for federal office will report it and we'll know about it. We'll know if the corporations are, are, are helping a candidate. We'll know if a candidate is self-funding and we'll know if a National Enquirer tabloid publication is helping the president behind the scenes. That all needs to be reported under the notion that sunshine and transparency make a, the best informed electorate. The prosecutors in New York think something sinister happened here, uh, that this was really a way of helping the Trump campaign and not telling the American people about it. And that is a crime, uh, whether or not they can prove it. In the past, it's been difficult to prove this kind of crime before juries. Juries are willing to give uh, candidates or they've demonstrated willing to give candidates the benefit of the doubt about personal matters in particular. John Edwards is one case that comes to mind where the prosecutor said when John Edwards paid money uh, to the woman, not his wife, who had his child, that that was essentially a contribution to his own campaign and that the, the, the woman who had provided that money was also tied up in that, a, a rich donor to John Edwards. The jury didn't like that case. They said this is private. Uh, so these are not easy cases to bring, but it looks like that's the hunt that they are on. And, of course, just 48 hours ago, it was not just uh, Michael Cohen pleading guilty, but it was those uh, the, the, the conviction uh, read out by the jury of Paul Manafort. Catherine spent a lot of time outside that. 16 days outside a courthouse, Rick. Well, the question now is whether all of that time is spent for naught, because the question is, will President Trump pardon Paul Manafort? He was asked about that as part of the Fox News interview that aired earlier today. Take a look. I have great respect for what he's done in terms of what he's gone through. You know, he worked for Ronald Reagan for years. He worked for Bob Dole. He worked, I guess his firm worked for McCain. He worked for many, many people, many, many years. And I would say what he did, some of the charges mm -hmm. they threw against him, every consultant, every lobbyist in Washington probably does. It sure seems like he's saying, well, first of all, I barely knew the guy, and he wasn't my fault, wasn't my responsibility. It was all these other guys, but uh, you know, all, it's, he didn't really do anything that wrong. No, he's absolutely not ruling out a pardon, and it makes you wonder, too, about the other pardons that the president has issued so far during his presidency. You know he loves this power. Is that signaling um, a potential pardon for folks in the Russia investigation? And with Paul Manafort, um, he's... Not ruling that out. His attorneys say that they appreciate the comments of the President of the United States. Our sources say that there aren't official back-channel conversations going on. But, look, you, you never know. You can't help but wonder. And Giuliani is, uh, just said to the New York Times that he discussed the political fallouts um, with Trump to grant a pardon to Manafort. So that would indicate to me that there is some sort of conversation going on about it. No doubt he's sending some strong signals here to Manafort without directly wading into it. But look, my sources in the White House are saying, hold on right now, we've mm -hmm. got another trial coming up. Catherine will be back out there getting tanned in front of yet another courthouse <laughs> very soon. <laughs> um, but until that is all done, let's not you know, get ahead of ourselves. The right. president has 
been advised by his attorneys to wait this out, and uh, and we'll see if he does. But again, when you know we talk about loyalty too, that's one thing that the president was tweeting about with Paul Manafort. Um, you know, juxtaposing that to Michael Cohen, he was saying, you know, he didn't flip; he's been loyal to me. So again, that's one of his he almost says most fl important flipping things. should maybe even be illegal. Right. Uh, and, I, and I want to get, get Terry in on on, on, on another point uh, because there was something else that happened in this interview. Let's let's play the clip from this. The president uh, responding for the first time that we know of on camera about the the I word impeachment. This is what mm -hmm. he had to say. I don't I don't know how you can impeach somebody who's done a great job. I'll tell you what. If I ever got impeached, I think the market would crash. I think everybody would be very poor. So, Terry, how, how does that stand as a defense against impeachment? Everyone's going to be poor. Well, it's, it's not a bad defense against impeachment. Uh, it's the one that, that Bill Clinton raised and uh, in a different way, the one that Richard Nixon raised. They don't they said it better. President <laughs> or more fancier, I suppose, Bill Clinton with his Georgetown and Yale law degrees. But uh, but Bill Clinton said, I'm doing the work of the American people and the, and the country's going great. We're growing. This is a ridiculous waste of the people's time, the, the Monica Lewinsky investigation, the impeachment. And that was his political argument to the American people. It succeeded. Richard Nixon uh, was essentially saying, I'm making peace around the world. If you impeach me, you're going to die, basically. I mean, what's it with that? The world will be a much more dangerous place. Not just, not, you'll be poor and dead, uh, was his argument. And, and that one didn't work because his crimes were, were quite significant when, when exposed. So these are legitimate arguments uh, on the part of the president. They aren't legal arguments because impeachment at the end of the day is a political question. It is a question for the people down at the other end of the avenue here in Congress, elected politicians listening to their constituents is what is being charged sufficient to overturn an election and remove a president from office. And the president has every right to weigh in and say, this would be a dumb move, guys. The economy's cooking along. Uh, one more thing I want to get to today, because it's a fascinating postscript, kind of coda to, to the week. Uh, Fox News got an interview with one of the jurors who served in the Paul Manafort trial. And according to this juror, says she, that, that she was a Trump supporter originally, inclined to think that Paul Manafort was being railroaded and uh, was not guilty of anything. She said she was convinced by the evidence. And in fact, there was just one holdout juror. Did you know anything yeah, that was going on is inside? The, this is really interesting. They sealed a lot of these conversations, but and, they, and the judge ruled to not release any of the jurors' names, so we couldn't really get in touch with them, but this interview was fascinating. She's um, a Trump supporter and says that she would have convicted Paul Manafort on all um, 18 counts. And there was that one holdout who was against them on the other 10. And it makes you go back and think about on Thursday, last Thursday, um, when the jury asked the judge to redefine reasonable doubt. Um, that was because of this they one holdout. They were trying holdout. to press this one exactly. holdout. Yeah. Um, that's what it seems. They were trying to press this one holdout. We don't know who that particular holdout is, but it could have been a lot worse for him. Terry, what does it say to you about the dynamics in the room? And does Paul Manafort have a lot more to worry about uh, as a result of this information that's come out from this juror when he goes to trial all over again in a couple of weeks? Well, those are different charges, but it, it certainly seems like uh, he got by by the skin of his teeth on the 10 charges on which the jury did not agree. And it may encourage the prosecutors to go back at him. That said, two things. First, the president can pardon Manafort before the next trial, before he's even charged. Uh, that's what President Ford did for President Nixon. Nixon had not been charged with any crime, and President Ford, using a power that the Supreme Court had confirmed after the Civil War, the president can pardon people before they are even charged with crimes. 
And so uh, the president, President Trump can do that. But second and more important, I kind of I was out there with Catherine. I kind of I loved the way this jury worked through the evidence. Yeah, they had a, hang, a, a holdout and they could not get a unanimous jury at the end of the day. But it was uh, talking to the lawyers and, and, and looking at the case. They went through this very dense document driven case very methodically. They, they talked about it. Uh, people who saw them, and I think Catherine did, they were never seemed at each other's throats. There were Trump people on, on one side. In this highly charged political environment, when supposedly we can't even right, have Thanksgiving dinner together or some such thing if we believe otherwise, that's un-American, and I actually think it's fake. Uh, every day on juries, in churches, on football teams, and workplaces all over the country. People managed to get the job done in an all-American way, and that's what I felt about this jury. They did the job. Not a bad way to, to leave it there on this Thursday. Terry Moran over at the White House, our thanks to you. Thank you to Jordan Phelps and Catherine Fowlers uh, recapping this busy day. That's it for now. I'm ABC News political director Rick Klein. You can download the, the ABC News app to be updated on all the stories all day long, and we'll be back here next time on ABC News Live. Thank you.